Hey y'all, it's Queen J back with another episode of Let's Get Uncomfortable. So this week has been a lot. Whew, y'all, it's been a lot. But first, I haven't posted anything as of yet surrounding Black History Month, and I definitely want to touch on that because, you know, me being blackity black black, I got a rep. So Happy Black History Month to all of my listeners. And yeah, I'm praying that this month was filled with abundance and peace. And yeah, wishing you many more blessings. Um, All right. So as y'all know, y'all know the routine. Every episode, we start with mindfulness. So before we get into the topic... It is now time for us to pause, breathe, relax. It is now time for us to open our minds to be receptive to learning new things about healing within this lifetime. But not just healing, learning how to navigate the ways we manage life. The way we handle obstacles thrown at us left and right, the way we view ourselves in this world. It's now time for us to be receptive to education surrounding navigating the uphill battles that life often brings us. It is now time for us to invite ease and joy Instead of moments of sadness, it is now time for us to reflect and take all information and knowledge we have in our lessons and apply them in our next steps. It is now time for a period of rest. All right, y'all. I hope that that gave y'all some some ease in your spirit. It made you feel calm. This topic is a little heavy, but I promise there is a beautiful message to the end of it. It's it's going to start heavy, but it's a beautiful message to the end of it. I promise. I promise. <laughs> this ain't going to be triggering. This is just going to be straightforward and to the point. I have a thing in my life, a relationship, if you will, with being completely open and honest and transparent, where I allow people to know what's up in any situation. And this is different from who I used to be because a lot of the times I would hide behind a smile even though I was really hurting. I would pretend like everything was okay for the sake of that other person's feelings. And you can put this in the category of people pleasing, that's fine. 
But for me, it was a little bit more than people pleasing. It was more like, okay, if we pretend that this didn't happen, then maybe we can erase it from our memory, right? Realistically and logically, that ain't happened, obviously. But this was the thought of an unhealed Queen J, not yet on her healing journey. So we were completely unequipped, you know, we weren't utilizing the tools that we had in front of us at that time, you know, things like that. But I say all this to say that who I am now versus who I was then is someone completely different. I'm open and I'm direct about my communication. Whereas before, I would dance around issues. I would bring them up and hope for the other person to like basically finish my thought. Because it would be like, this is so obvious. They're going to know it, right? But I'm learning through navigating direct and transparent communication that that's not the case. I can honestly say like that, that was wrong of me to be like, well, you figure it out. I, here's, the, here's the olive branch or here's the branch. You figure out how to put the leaves on the tree or whatever. Like, you finish it. You complete the rest of it, right? And that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. That's a lot of pressure to put on anyone. But, of course, I didn't realize I was doing it. But, of course, again, I'm different. I've grown. I've matured. It's interesting because this this relationship that I now have with communication allows room for genuine connection whereas before it was just okay I'll just like superficial connection not really getting to know anybody and not really letting people know me I keep seeing this post about emotionally unavailable people and why women sometimes attract emotionally unavailable men or partners men or otherwise And every time I see this video, it always says you attract emotional unavailable people because you yourself are are emotionally unavailable. And of course, I used to just breeze it off. And I've been seeing it a lot more frequently, but I've been breezing it off. And I've been like, no, that, that can't be right because I'm open and direct. I'm having these honest conversations, right? I'm getting vulnerable with individuals, right? But then I started to think about the heavy stuff, the things that I just won't say because they're so deep and it made me realize maybe I go just enough, I give just enough to where I think, okay, I'm good. Like I've went deep, right? I went I went deep enough so they know, but I could go a little further. But sometimes you could be in an emotional, unavailable place and not realize it. Like I wouldn't have thought that that was my my being emotionally unavailable. And I'm not saying this just because I found this video, but because I noticed like I was having a conversation with someone 
where I was feeling really bad yesterday. And I basically was, I was feeling really bad. To make a long story short, I was in my head. And it wasn't things that I was in my head that were bad. It wasn't me reliving my past or anything. It was something that I noticed about myself that I am a person that gives my all. And if something is unresolved in my mind, I'm the person that will reach out to another individual to see if that situation is unresolved or to basically resolve whatever is unresolved because I know for a fact in my mind that it's unresolved in quotations, but it's not always the case. It's it's not necessarily always the case. And it's not even a need for closure. It's more so a need for peace within myself, not, not a sense of closure. Like, Oh, I need to know why things ended the way that they ended. It's more so I need to, I need to know that these waters are no longer murky before I continue to go forward. But I'm realizing you don't always have to do that. You don't always have to look at the murkiness of things to keep going because Like I've been saying, you ain't got no business looking in your past. Your goal is your future. Your goal is your present. So it's really interesting that I stopped myself when I was having this conversation. And I was like, they asked me what I was doing. And I said that I was feeling bad for myself, beating myself up or whatever. And I told them a little bit about what I was doing. And they were like, it sounds like you're setting a healthy boundary for yourself. And you know what? For somebody who talks about setting boundaries and mindfulness and all this, I can, I too can forget that setting a boundary doesn't always mean you have to set the boundary with the other person. It means you have to set the boundary. Sometimes it can mean you set the boundary with yourself where you say this is going to end and this is why. But there doesn't even always need to be a justification for it. So it's interesting because as this person texts me that, I was all ready to send them a rant about my wrongdoings and and the murkiness of the waters and just where my mind was at. I truly was. But then I took a step back and I realized this person's right. I'm not harming myself. I'm not going back because I want things to be the way that they were. I'm telling myself this can no longer be. This no longer serves me. And that has to be okay. Sometimes they are, mm, y'all going to like this one. Sometimes in life, because this is general, sometimes in life, there are things that we experience that we hold on to, that we were never meant to hold on to. There are things, there are people in life that we experience that we are never supposed to hold on to. Y'all know that saying, sometimes people are in your life for a season or they're a lesson or they're a blessing. That's real. Sometimes people that we come across 
are only meant to teach us something. And we have to be able to embrace the lesson that they give us. And I know, I feel like I've talked about this before. I probably wrote about this or something because I'm having like a whole deja vu moment right now. But these people can come in to either show us new ways, help us learn, or they can be permanent. And a lot of the times, you'll know. But I think what also happens is if you're coming from a place of not having the tools to navigate around this type of discussion or this type of internal dialogue where you have to use your discernment and your judgment, it's easy to confuse temporary with permanent. It's easy to think, oh, that Band-Aid is supposed to stay there forever. When in fact, they were just a lesson or that that experience is supposed to be permanent because this is permanent, right? But it doesn't always have to be. And especially as I navigate more around open communication, being safe with my own feelings and saying like, damn, I am feeling a lot of emotions at once right now. It's okay. I think the hardest part about experiencing life with such dualities, especially with someone with PTSD, it's so difficult to understand like, oh, which which part is the trauma and which part is the present me that has worked through this, this trigger or worked through this trauma? Which which part do I need to think with? Which brain do I need to think with? Or which, which, what logic do I need to tackle this from? It can be very difficult. And that's the murky waters that I was referring to. It's not flashbacks this time. It's not auditory. It's not, it's not those typical symptoms. It's actually more like a, mm, a what if. I feel like a lot of times with PTSD, as someone who's been living with it for, for uh, quite some time, I think, and I'm not sure if I ever read about this when I was getting my degree or anything, but I think there's something that I would like to say is called like, what if, and it's not anxiety. It's, it's a rumination of what if, it's a thought process of what if. It's almost like playing the, the, not the trauma, but playing the, the savior experience or whatever experience you want to classify it as. It's almost like playing that experience on a loop. And then you go back and you're like, wait, did that happen? Did I say that? Did I, did I do that? Did I do that? And it can be very draining because without realizing it, you're accidentally Placing the blame all on you and it sucks. Oh God, does it suck? Because you start to nitpick at every little thing that you're doing. You're not nitpicking at what the situation was. You're looking at yourself under a microscope. Because you, quote unquote, said the wrong thing. Or did the wrong thing in that moment. But what I keep saying, you ain't got no business being in your past. 
And yes, I know I'm saying that I was looking in my murky waters and I just, I felt like knowing that I want the life that I want, I cannot keep doing that to myself, unintentionally hurting myself. Because I'm curious to know the answer to all my what ifs rather than letting them go and continuing to exist in the moment. And honestly, that's what open dialogue has allowed me to have. Me being directly communicative with individuals in my life, even yelling at the emotion in the moment is so powerful because it helps you decipher what part of the feeling is you and what part of the feeling is brought on by someone else. It doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal for to get caught up in. The flow of conversation sometimes simply is just the flow of conversation. But I I know as someone who is a very analytical person who likes to weigh the, the, the options of jumping into things before I jump into things, sometimes it doesn't need to be weighed. Sometimes a scenario is just that. Sometimes a situation is just that. It is what it was or it is what it is. And there's beauty in that. There's peace in that. But as I'm right, as I'm thinking this through, I remember something my uncle told me. We were talking about weighing my options for something that was big and it centered around my family. And he said, Bear with me, y'all. This is the uncle that recently passed, so hold on. <laughs> he said, um, sometimes in life, you'll be put in situations where you're going to have to make the decision to do what's best for you. And a lot of times, other people are going to be upset by it because they wouldn't have made that decision for you, but... It's not their decision, is it? It's yours. Look at it from a lens of this is my life. And eventually you're going to leave your parents. Eventually you're going to be on your own and you're going to have to make that decision. And it doesn't have to be so drastic. But I know you can do it. Because you do it every day. But the big thing is you're going to have to understand that when you place other people's feelings above your own, you suffer. And when he said that to me, I think my response was something along the lines of, but they're my family, but I, but, but she's my mom, but she's, but they're, and I just kept making excuses. And he kept saying, yeah, 
And if they're true family, they'll understand. Placing other people's feelings above your own is not going to give you any pleasure. It's not going to give you any achievement. You don't get rewards for suffering. You don't get awards for suffering in silence. You, you, you just don't. You just don't. That, that's the, the harsh reality of the world. You do not get accolades. You do not get any acknowledgement when you're suffering in silence. You, that doesn't, this just doesn't happen. So at the time when I was placing my mom's opinion, when I was placing my dad's opinion, when I was placing my sister's, when I was placing everybody else's feelings above my own to make a decision that I needed to make for me. And I was going with, well, my mom says this and my dad says this and that, that, that. I couldn't, I didn't have any guidance. My internal compass was all over the map because I had the answer, but I still was choosing their answer every time. And it's crazy because in my life right now, I'm setting an internal boundary with myself right now where I feel like I should stop doing the reflecting in the murky waters and going back to those murky waters to try to see what's there because it's not doing me any good. The outcome is still remaining the same and I'm expecting something different. And honestly, as I say this out loud, that's the definition of insanity. Repeating the same actions and expecting a different outcome. But this isn't to say that I'm always doing it. It's something that has been occurring recently because, well, where my life has been headed, the direction of my life, the things that I want to accomplish, the things that I'm working on, me being consistent, all of these things center around me being honest and authentic. And a lot of times in those murky waters, you can't see your authenticity. Because that's what the murky waters do. They murky for a reason. <laughs> You're not going to have a clear, definite, definitive answer when you look in. I can't stop saying murky waters, but when you're looking in a place where it's clouded. If your vision is distorted, you don't have a clear picture of what went on. So I say this to say, especially now we can bring it back to healing, but especially when it comes to life and navigating healing. If you find yourself reaching back and in your mind and thinking like, damn, in that situation, I could have did this. In this situation, I could have did that. Could have, should have, would have. There's a lot of things you could have done, but did you do them? No. And you can't go back there and erase it and, and change it. And that's why I say your past is in your past. You ain't got no business looking back there, especially if it's the triggers or anything like that. You can acknowledge them, but you don't have to sit in it. There's a difference. But when it comes to looking in the murky waters, just to answer that question, what if to, to find the answer? Take a deep breath. Assess where you are in your life. And express gratitude for the things that you have currently. Because with, with gratitude comes presence. With gratitude comes ease. With gratitude comes 
the shift back in perspective to your present moment. Meanwhile, if you're looking in them what if murky waters, you're probably going to start panicking because you're looking for an answer that you can't find because you can't see it. You can't see the answer. The puzzle piece doesn't fit. You lost the puzzle piece. You can't see the vision because it's too cloudy. It's been too much time that has passed. You don't know. And in a way, that is challenging the anxiety. That is prompting anxiety to come up and say, well, what if? Well, what if we took a detour and went to the fear land? What if we start diving a little bit deeper and we go into depression? How would it feel if I took you all the way down to the bottom and you still didn't get your answer? Would it make you feel like you could come back up to the surface much faster? How would it feel if I led you down this path? If I made it so that you couldn't even laugh, how? How would it feel if I played upon your insecurities and I took you for a swim? In these murky waters that make you feel like the victim or paint you as the villain in your own story. Because anxiety doesn't play when it comes in. It doesn't knock before entering. It doesn't care. The question of answering what if lies so far beneath that you'll never get the answer. It's going to stay blurry. It's going to stay murky because you, you, you just don't have it. And that's, that's a tough pill to swaddle, especially for someone, like I said, who's analytical. Us analytical people, we're going to overanalyze something. But if we can't see the vision, that's when the panic sets in because it's like, why can't I see it? But I don't, I don't like that I can't see it. I need to be able to see that so that I can analyze that because if I can't analyze that, then I can't make my decision. But sometimes the analyzation does not need to be there. Sometimes you can let things flow. And that's what I'm learning right now, especially as I am communicating more openly with myself and with others. It's, it's amazing how much I have grown since being in therapy for seven years and doing the work for far much longer, but actively doing that inner work and not telling myself, oh, like sometimes getting in my head and saying, well, you ain't changed much. You have not changed much. Let me tell you why you haven't changed. And then we go down this, the what if murky waters, the what if, the what if path. And it, and I want to say that it really does feel like anxiety, but the thing is, I'm not panicking when I enter those waters in my mind. I'm not panicking when it happens because it just, it just happens unexpectedly. Sometimes it just, it just comes up. It's more like a flashback can happen, yeah, sometimes, but more times than not, it's something that was said where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I see it from that perspective. 
And then when I see it from the new perspective and I gain that new perspective, it takes me on a path where I'm looking at all these different perspectives and it's not fear. It's something different entirely. It's not fear. It's not anxiety. It's curiosity. There's an element of curiosity that goes into, well, let me find that answer. I'm curious. But curiosity killed the cat. Some things that we're curious about, they just don't have an answer. And if it's one thing that my uncle taught me in that conversation was people pleasing or placing someone else's, fe- uh, someone else's feelings above my own was going to get me nowhere in life. That pushed me. It may not have pushed me like right in that moment to say what I needed to say, but it pushed me to understand the value of my voice, to understand the value of the things that I say. So I'm very deliberate about what I say. Like I'm very open. I'm very honest. I feel like I have always been direct, maybe in my head growing up, like maybe I didn't always say things the best way, but I said it the way that I knew how. And now that I am, I have to be transparent in my job. I have to be open and honest in my job about the things that I'm handling, like doing with, dealing with customers in their situation. I'm very open. I'm very transparent. I finally found a way to transition that into my everyday life, not just at work, but with my friends. When I have those conversations and I'm like, hey, hey, bestie, I need to I need to vent. Is that OK? Like and they allow me to just vent. They allow me to have that space, whereas it's different coming from the unequipped me who would just call up people and start venting and it's not that I didn't ever ask about them I just kind of I kind of would I kind of would be so caught up in my own shit that I would forget the other world exists I would get so caught up in like my anxieties my depression whatever the hell it was and I would be in such a rush to get it out but I still wouldn't get it out it was like I was always I used to think of it like like a sink. I used to think of it like a sink. The water is flowing, but then you pull the, the, the plug thingy, whatever the hell it's called, <laughs> and it fills up and it stops. And the water just keeps going and it, what, what the hell is it called? I do not know what it's called right now, but y'all know what I'm talking about. The thing that clogs the sink so that you can have the water all rise in the sink and you can have a full sink full of water anyway I used to think of it like that because I would just pour and keep pouring and keep pouring and keep pouring and then it was like something in me would just switch like it was like all of a sudden it was like oh that's enough that's enough you hit the brim you good you you good Wipe them tears. Don't even. It's cool. Didn't happen. And my friends would be like, no, Janae, keep going. Like, and I would be like, no, nah, nah, forget it. Never mind. Forget it. Forget it. Like, and I was shut down. And I, I did that with my family. I did that with everyone because it was just so 
I think it was so easy to just be like, huh, I don't have to keep explaining because they don't get it. I'm not being understood in this moment. So why keep talking about something that no one's listening to? So just shut up. And that was the way my brain processed it, right? But that's not the case at all. Like people really were genuinely trying to figure like, like, yo, why, why you stop talking? Like you, you was talking and you just, it just stopped. Yeah. Because sometimes when I was in those moments, I would get sick of hearing my own voice. I would. And what I mean by that is I would get sick of looking for the answer. I would get sick of digging in these murky waters. I would get sick of whatever the hell I was feeling. And I would just be like, I'm just not going to feel it no more. Now, that was completely unhealthy. I'm not advising anyone to do that. I'm just saying this is what I personally went through. But when I allowed myself to have direct communication, like be really open, like hell, at times no fucking filter. But (laughs) when I allowed that to happen, when I finally allowed myself to actually use the powerhouse of a voice that I have, I found that I wasn't alone. I found that a lot of people had the same questions going through their heads. But I also found that it made it easier for me to step into the role of acceptance. I discovered that when you allow things to be what they are, you give space for grace. You give space for gratitude. You give space for positive nurturing feelings because the thing is these things can coexist there's no one saying that these emotions have to be mutually exclusive that that you can be sad without being happy that you can there's no manual for that but when I used to stop myself from being openly direct with individuals or I was in the middle of being direct and I just stopped my train of thought It put up a wall that so many people tried to break. So many people tried to knock down. So many people tried to get me to just, no, you were really on a good, you were on a good, like you, I can't tell you how many times I've had people be like, Janae, you, you were speaking. Go ahead, girl. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm real good on that. Like you, you know, like I'm real good on that. We're not going to go no further. And it's interesting because that, that What I'm talking about is the level of emotional unavailableness that I had or have and working and I'm working through. Like prime example, the friend that I was talking to last night about it, when she said, it sounds like you're setting a healthy boundary. And I acknowledged that and I said, thank you. I wasn't seeing it from that perspective. I appreciate it. She said something else. And I was like, the next question was from her, do you want to talk about it? And immediately, I said this out loud, (laughs) immediately I went into that moment. I don't know what moment it was, but all the different moments that I've been talking about, I compiled them up in my head and I said this out loud. I was sitting on the couch and I was about to text her 
And I was like, nah, that's what we not gonna do. But it was, it came so natural, y'all. It came so natural. It was like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and dip because we ain't getting that close yet. And I thought back to the emotionally unavailable video that I saw, the video that talked about people who attract emotionally unavailable people are in fact emotionally unavailable themselves and they have an attachment. And it's because you yourself are not giving that emotional maturity or acceptance to yourself. And I started thinking about it and I thought about it so fast and I was like, and I deleted the message, didn't send it. And instead I said, not yet, but I will. But we can, we can later. Instead of me saying, nah, we ain't gonna do that, or nah, I ain't talking about that ever, I allowed myself the grace to be able to say, this is a space where it's being welcomed for me to actually say what I need to say. This isn't a time for me to shut down if I'm trying to get to know this individual better, if I'm trying to build upon a friendship with this person, if this is not the time for me to put a wall up just because I may potentially be afraid of what's to come because the what if question is still plaguing my mind. This ain't the time for that. This is the time for me to ebb and flow with the energy around me in the room. This is not the time for me to overanalyze. And luckily, after I had that revelation, it inspired me to write a new piece. And it inspired me to do this episode because it is so important that we allow our communication to flow. If I had to put this as a topic, which y'all know I do, I would definitely say that this topic centers around the benefits of direct communication with yourself and with others. Ooh, I have one thing I want to say. I just thought about it. My therapist came to my mind. She said there was a, there was a point in time where I was seeing her for um, a particular toxic relationship that I should not have been in. I'm going to just be real. Should not have been in that. That, that was, again, wasn't equipped with the, <laughs> or didn't allow myself to be equipped with the tools at that time. But it's okay. We move. We learn. But um, I say that to say, I had said something and she caught me on it. We had a session and it was at the very beginning of the session. I said, man, I was just at such and such's house and I I pulled back a little bit. And she was like, what do you mean? I said, I, I didn't want him to see me yet. I didn't want him to see me yet. So I just kind of like played it off. Like, that's not who I am or whatever. Like, you know, even though I know who I am. And she was like, whoa, 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 you said something. You want to always, then basically she caught me and she was like, you want to always be yourself. You want to always be you. I know you're open and honest, but you want to always be you. You said that you're not, that you weren't being yourself. Why? And I said, sometimes I feel like when I am myself, it's hard to know or to gauge 
when that other individual is going to be receptive of my energy. It's hard to know when that other individual is going to be like, mm, yeah, she's doing too much. <laughs> or are they going to be like, no, I'm welcoming you. I'm welcoming, I'm welcoming you with open arms, babe. There's no judgments here. And I think part of that, and this is coming out of the, the session now, back to present moment, but I think part of that comes from my personal experience growing up. In every situation where I felt like I could truly be my authentic self, I was shut down immediately by an authority figure or authoritative figure or someone close to me. I was always met with, damn, you so loud, you're too much, or things that caused me to internalize and think that I was too much. We've talked about this, but it begs to be said because this correlates to the way that I communicate with people. If in that moment you find that you were shut down because of your thought pattern or your thought process, and it was just like, yo, it's too much. Like you just, like you doing too much or whatever. However, someone negatively came at you, whatever way, then it makes it a bit difficult for you to be like, okay, this is a safe situation. I can completely, fully be myself here. It makes it very hard for you to gauge those situations versus perceiving it as a threat because you ain't had them. You haven't had too many of those. So a lot of times when people are trying to get close to you, it's easy to be like, mm, okay, I'm going to give this much, but I'm not going to give that much. I'm going to say this and I'm not going to say that. I'm going to fact check myself. <laughs> I'm going to spot check myself. I'm going to say this, but I won't. I'll leave that part out. I'm going to say this part for later. I'm going to say that for the road. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to store that in the backpack. We ain't going to talk about that. that that's too much. <laughs> When the reality is, it may not have been too much. And by me engaging in that space with my friend where I said, not yet, but I will. Thank you for that opportunity. I was holding space for something that I never held space before. It's funny because I say that I used to do this in the past where I just shut down, but I've been doing it recently too. Recently, as recent as of the other night, where I shut down as someone was having a conversation with me because I was like, this is not right. And I just stopped talking. I was expressing myself and mid-expression, I put a limit on myself. I put the sink stopper on myself and I said, you're doing the most. You are expressing something and it's too much. You getting too excited. You you getting too happy. Rain it in. But that doesn't help me because you know what I was doing in that moment? Potentially placing or putting myself in somebody else's shoes and assuming that that person thought that I was talking too much and again, placing that person's feelings above my own in that moment. And I stopped talking, but 
the, the beauty about this was that individual was like, what you doing? You was just talking. Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> oh, and as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, okay. And I kept going. And they were like, yeah, nah, I'm listening to you. I'm just letting you say what you need to say. Get it off your chest. That's what this, that's what I'm here for. Cool. Say what I need to say. So I said what I needed to say and it felt great. But I'm realizing that I need to do that more. I need to be able to trust the growth. Just like those of us who have experienced dramatic experiences, who navigate living with mental illness or mental health diagnosis, we got to learn day by day. And it's not always going to be easy. But the best way to do that is through open communication because I promise you, things didn't start getting to a different light. I didn't start gaining a new perspective until I was open. Until I forced myself to be open. Until I sat in that uncomfortableness and I was like, this is, this is, it's time. Because how am I going to improve in my inner work on myself if I keep everything to my chest because I'm afraid of the murky waters? That doesn't work that way. Life does not stop moving because you wanted to stay still. Life does not listen. You're going to have interruptions. You're going to have those obstacles that you'll have to face. You're going to have those experiences where you may just need to let go and you may just need to accept them for what they were, a stepping stone, whatever the case may be. But the only way to do that is to be open and honest with yourself first and then other people. It can't be, oh, I'm open and honest with this individual, but I'm open and honest but I'm terrible at doing the same thing with myself. I'm transparent with everybody else around me, but I'm the least person, the person that I'm least transparent with is myself. That can't work. I've lived it, as I mentioned. <laughs> it does not work unless you do. It doesn't. All right, y'all, so. This has been Queen J with, I have no clue what episode we on, but with a new episode of Let's Get Uncomfortable, if you would like to support me on this journey, I must, I greatly appreciate it, greatly appreciate it. Gratitude expressed to everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Again. If you would like to tune in, if you would like to donate to the podcast, you certainly can. Um, my cash app is Poetis20. And the donations are actually accepted through Spotify as well. And you can also sign up for my Patreon. That is linked. That will be linked in the episode description as well. 
This is where you will be able to have access to exclusive content such as unreleased poetry, unreleased essays, all the behind the scenes of my thought process, and potentially some some behind the scenes action about let's get uncomfortable. And yeah, thank you so much for seeing and hearing me. This has been Queen J with Let's Get Uncomfortable. Peace.